It is Thursday, June 9th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, 2023 mayoral candidate running under the cocktail party, <laughs> J.P. Shadrick. I don't want any of that smoke. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. My name is J.P. Shadrick. We've got a busy, busy show ahead today. Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman is back in the United States. We will hear from Jeff coming up in just a moment. Defensive end and outside linebacker Josh Allen is actually about to leave the United States in a couple weeks for a trip. We'll hear from him in studio coming up. See what he has to say about the offseason so far. And uh, what's, what he thinks about this uh, upcoming training camp in a few weeks and what his offseason will be like. We'll review the offseason program. Doug Peterson, all the assistant coaches spoke today. We've got plenty to, to dissect before we go around the National Football League as well. Jeff Lagerman, welcome back. It's nice to see you. Yeah, it's good to be seen. Now, when's the mini camp next week? Well, it was <laughs> supposed to be Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. What? <laughs> and uh, now there's going to be about 30 players. Um, most of the veterans said, uh, Doug said goodbye. Uh, enjoy your off that? season. I, I, I was actually talking to a couple of the assistant coaches up there, guys that had played the game. And I was like, so you're jealous. And they're like, oh, <laughs> every to a man, they're like, yeah, gosh, I wish it was like this when I was playing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's – but, I mean, that seems to be – I don't want to say it's the kind of standard operating procedure, but more and more teams, because of the, the value, valuable usage of the OTAs, have gone to some teams are just canceling minicamp. They feel like that they're getting everything done that they need to get done in the OTAs and that uh, an additional minicamp is not that beneficial to them. But I will say this. It's not like the entire team is getting off. The ones that they feel like – need to get the work, the rookies and certain veteran players maybe that haven't picked up some things, they're going to stay here and work. And that's the way it should be. Yeah, and that's all right. So it's still Monday, Tuesday, But still, Wednesday. it's like, wait a minute, no, no mini camp? <laughs> I'm sure there were uh, you know, a, lot of, a lot of rubber left on the road out there of cars rolling out of here today. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. veterans not yeah, coming back. Was. Yeah, there was. Well, there was a, a few guys smoke. rolling out of here. That's but right. I, I, look, I'm, I'm a big believer in it. I think you know, a mini camp or an OTA, is there really much of a difference? There's really not. I mean, an OTA day is the same thing as a mini camp day. Mm-hmm. So essentially all you're doing is shorting the number of OTA days, in reality three days, which is what the minicamp would have consisted of. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of trying to preserve the body and not wearing it out too much because, look, the reality is you can only do so much in no pads. There, there really is. There's really only so much that you like. For offensive and defensive linemen, I mean, what, what's the – how much benefit as long as you've got the terminology and the system down and responsibilities down how much benefit do you actually gain by having three more non-padded practices i think sometimes it can be a little bit uh kind of like groundhog day ish yes, you know the movie yes yeah because Bill you just Murray. it's a classic and sometimes i think you can develop bad habits sometimes when you're a, a contact physical player and you're not having contact practices because you're trying to make sure, ah, I don't want to hurt anybody. My favorite line from that movie, it's Groundhog Day again. <laughs> I just love again. that line. I don't know why. But, yes, it can feel that way at times. Let's hear from Doug Peterson. Yeah. 
Head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars spoke today, and uh, he's seen a lot of growth out of this football team in the offseason. You know, it's one of the, the key message points, you know, back April 11th when, when I started with this group and and just, uh, you know, we talked about the healing process, right, and, and trust and and all this stuff. And, and, you know, I've seen this team grow from April 11th to, to today and, and uh, how they've come together and good good group of leaders on this football team and how they've handled things. And um, it's, it's just the right time. He said that something similar to that a lot this offseason, having to regain the trust and uh, get players to believe in it again and believe in the staff. And, you know, it, it obviously you do things like this and get guys out of meetings a little bit early and, and everybody still gets their work done. You have to pull a little bit out of the players too. You have to see some of that come out on the practice field from the classroom to the practice field and he said earlier this offseason he's seen a lot of that as well so it's a give and take players and coaches and it feels like a good vibe right now uh, and I think the other thing that he said it was important he talked about how this group was hard working and and that's important and and I th so I think the the two things that we're talking about here trust okay regaining the trust or just gaining trust however you want to term yeah. it and then hard work are two of the most critical things that there is. And uh, is uh, regaining the trust uh, a result of what happened last year that was, you know, the, the failure of the franchise with Urban Meyer? You know, maybe it is. But I think that when, you're, when you have a new staff and then you start to work with players and when you show them that you can help them, that's the way that you gain trust. And you continue to – you still have to continue to earn that trust, okay, as a, as a coach. It's not something that you just do one time and then you're like, hey, look, I'm good to go. I'm, I got the trust for the entire season. Yeah. It, it's a continual process that you have to continue to give because if something happens and all it takes is one time, if you mess up and somehow you lose the trust, no matter of the 20 great deeds you've done, now it takes a little bit of time to build that trust back up again. And so uh, trust is critical. Trust is, is everything, especially when it, with a, with a coach-player relationship. And uh, the most important thing that a coach can offer a player is the ability to improve that player, to improve that player's worth, to make him a better player, and to make him more functional with, for a football team. So you know, I, I like Doug's approach. I think Doug is very uh, – what's the word? Um, he's in the moment with his team. And I, and I think that's a good thing to be because if he felt that this team wasn't ready, he's not doing this regardless of where his team is at just to regain trust. Yeah, that's right. He's doing this because he feels like his team is at where it needs to be and that, uh, that they deserve this and that, okay, this is going to help make our team better. It's funny, we were sitting up there today talking to Bob Sutton, longtime defensive coach in the NFL, long time in college before that. Long time in college. Yeah, his first year as a grad assistant was 1972 at Michigan. Yeah, was, He's been in the league since 2000. I was five years old, by the way, when he was a grad assistant. I was minus nine years old. Minus nine. How about that? Mm. Been a while. Uh, but you know, we were talking to him something similar like this. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many coaches that played that are on this staff. How does that help? And his answer was similar to what you just said. You know, that only goes so far. you got to help those players become the best player they can be. And it feels like the staff's on a good – at least at a good starting point there. I think, I think when you have a coach that's played the game, I think, first of all, it allows, it allows to, to have the relationship 
to be also kind of have shared experiences. So, so in other words, mm-hmm. an experience that a coach goes through may be pertinent to a, an experience that a player is going through. Maybe the coach is a little bit more understanding of maybe a decision a player made or the way he played a certain play because he played the game also. And I, and also from the standpoint of the player receiving that information, I know that when, when I was a player in the league and talked to coaches and learned of what that coach did as a player, I think, first of all, it, it made you respect that person initially. But then after that initial, okay, he played the game, he knows where I'm, I'm at. Now you also have to give me the information. And when I was there for part of that conversation that you have with, with Bob Sutton, and, and I think Bob hit it right on the, on the nail when he said that you have to continue to show them that you can help them. Yeah. So, yes, a, a coach having played the game helps. But at the end of the day, if the message from a guy who didn't play the game continues to make the player better and is more beneficial to the player, mm-hmm. that coach will be better for the player not a coach just because he played the game. But I, but I think that experience of coaches having played the game helps them to relate to the players in a better way, and it also allows them to know, hey, I've been there before. What did I want as a player? I wanted somebody who could help me be a better player, and so they understand what they need to be in that relationship. Guys like uh, Mike McCoy – uh, Chris Jackson, Richard Angulo on the offensive side. Then on defense, Mike Caldwell, the D.C., played in the league. Brinson Buckner, uh, Deshae Townsend. We'll hear from many of those guys coming up tomorrow on the Jaguars Broadcast Week Interview Podcast. That's cool. where we're going to run a lot of that audio. We did hear from Press Taylor today as well, the Jaguars offensive coordinator, on how far along they've come with the offense. I think we got a lot done. We got a lot put in, a lot installed. We got the chance to teach really the foundation of, of what we want to do as an offense and then teach a lot of technique. You know, we're asking guys to do things a certain way. Uh, whether they've done that, whether they haven't, we don't know. But here's how we envision it being done. Here's what we'd like. Go out, do it. Now let's talk about it. Let's coach it. So I think from that standpoint, we got a lot done. Um, and we were able to kind of sell that vision to the guys of what we want it to look like. They were able to go out there, have success doing it, work through some things. Um, and then we all kind of bounce ideas off one another moving forward. You know, you, you, we'd like it done this way. A guy says, hey, I've done it this way, had success, can do it, can verbalize it, can show you video evidence, things like that. And so there's been a lot of good back and forth with the guys building this thing. Doug Peterson will call plays on game day, of course. He said that already in this offseason. But Press Taylor is charged with making all this work together and the different routes that Christian Kirk has to learn and he's going to learn them all they want to move these pieces around and it's up to Press Taylor to to make sure his offensive players can handle that uh, he he impresses me Press Taylor does and from the standpoint of if you look at the offensive side of the ball from a coaching standpoint there's a lot of big names I mean big names that could be intimidating for a for a young offensive coordinator you know, Mike McCoy Doug Peterson uh, Joe, uh, Jim Bob Cooter. Yes, I mean you got all these guys that Bernie Parmalee's been in the league forever. Yeah, but I mean you got right. these guys who have been either a head coach at yes, the sir. National Football League level, or that they've been accomplished offensive play callers and offensive coordinators in the National Football League. So, and here's a, a young guy that is the named offensive coordinator, and I and I and I think he's 34. That's by a the way. that's a that's a tough position to yeah. be in. Because you're the young guy, okay, and you have all this experience, but then so I think you have to have a quiet calm of confidence 
to be able to handle the room, and it seems like he really does have that calm and confidence in him. And and the other thing that I think is pretty unique, and if you listened, and not from today, but if you if you listened to what Trevor Lawrence said the other day, he was asked about all of the information that he can get from all of these coaches. He talked specifically about how when the message gets to him, it's singular. Which, remember I talked a couple weeks ago about having too many cooks in the kitchen can be a bad thing? You know what, Logs? You're leading us right into Trevor Lawrence from earlier this week. Here's what the quarterback had to say with all those cooks in the kitchen. It's been really smooth, I think. Everybody's on the same page, which is which is good. I think the way they built the staff is everyone has a similar, you know, not, not everyone's going to think the same. Obviously, you need that diversity to be able to put you in the best position to win. But everyone's on the same page, and you can tell it's, it's very seamless. And also, too, it's when people talk, it's not everyone trying to say their opinion, you know. It's kind of people pick and choose, and I think they do a good job of communicating beforehand. So when we get into meetings, they, they kind of know exactly what they're all thinking, and they're all on the same page. Love hearing that, obviously. One voice, singular message. That's what you got to have. That's it. That's what not you got to have. I don't know have. if they would tell us otherwise right now. Oh, it's awful. But, you know, it makes sense. It, it, when it comes out of uh, Trevor's mouth like that, um, that that's certainly believable, and it sounds like everybody's on the same page. And and I, the other thing, too, uh, from talking to Mike McCoy today and listening to him talk to uh, some other people and other people that were involved in the media skirmish today, and he talked extensively about, you know, looking from afar about the confidence that he has in his quarterback because of how he watched him and how he handled everything last year, how he kept positive and the whole situation – so Mike McCoy has a lot of respect for, for Trevor Lawrence, and, and it's good to hear Trevor Lawrence talk in the terms of, okay, we, we have a ja- Jaguars language. It's good to have differences of opinion because I think that's one way that you can actually become better as a staff is that if you have different ideas and, and you have people that feel very strongly about their ideas, then you can you know verbally spar and argue and then – well, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you make the best decision for the football team. And you go back to some of the great coaching staffs that have been around the National Football League. Some of them actually went to fisticuffs mm. over making decisions. You remember the Baltimore Ravens of 2000? I mean, I, do you remember the stories that they had on their oh, staff? I bet there were. Absolutely. They, they had, uh, from what I understand, they had multiple skirmishes that involved fists. You know, there was a knuckle junction visits. <laughs> You, you mentioned a media skirmish. I haven't seen a good media skirmish in a while. Who would you take in a media skirmish? Who are you calling out right now in the media to have a skirmish with? Like, like you. Be, to, call for me to take right on? now in the media, in the Jaguars media, for a skirmish. You and who? Me versus somebody yes. or take on my side? No, 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 no. You're, against, you're going against this person. Um, who are you calling out right now? I don't know. Media skirmish. I'll take you, JP. I'll, I'll take you on. I know you won't. No, you won't. Pick again. <laughs> that wouldn't be a fair fight. No, I would dominate you. you. You'd kill me. Dominate. <laughs> hey, uh, let's come back in a moment. I'd, I'd want to take somebody on that, that, could, that could stand a couple rounds with me. Baselli? Mike DiRocco. DiRocco can oh, yeah. hang in there. He's yeah. got a low center of gravity. He'd hang in there. Yeah, he's, got, he's you know. He'd be like a Mike Tyson. Yeah, he's know? feisty, <laughs> that guy. Now, hey. Baselli, I'd just kick him in the hip. <laughs> he'd fall. He'd be like, you know, like a house of, uh, what do they call that? A house of. Cards, cards, no. What and remember the the three little pigs? Okay, so Baselli would have the house made of sticks. 
blow it down. Kick him in the hip. He's done. It is time for us to take a timeout. Um, we're going to kick you off the set here in a second. Please do. And Josh Allen's going to jump in. Good. Jaguars outside linebacker, defensive end. We'll hear from him coming up a little later. We'll get into the defense. We'll hear from Mike Caldwell, the defensive coordinator, who spoke today for the Jaguars as well. The Jags are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us in the bank this season as Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence lead the charge through a fantastic home schedule. Lock in your seats at jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jacksonville Sports Talk for Jacksonville sports fans. 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL AM and Jaguars.com, plus the Jaguars social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. A busy schedule at Daly's Place coming up this Saturday. The Black Crows. Her on June 12th, that's Sunday. Cheer Live, June 17th. The Jacksonville Juneteenth Celebration, June 18th. And D-Nice Club Quarantine and then Tedeschi Trucks Band coming up in the late June. Tickets and information at dailiesplace.com. Josh Allen, Jaguars outside linebacker with us now. When was the last concert you went to at uh, Daly's Place, Josh? Close to the microphone for us. Uh, the last concert was my rookie year. Wow. And we saw... Uh, my very first concert, it was a Chris Brown concert. And my wife took, you know, she took me there. First concert ever, man. I thought it was the best thing ever. You know what I mean? I felt like the intermission music was better than, like, anything else. I was I was in there jamming. So, uh, you know, we're kind of looking forward, to, you know, with the COVID for the last two years. Yep. It's hard since it's been getting out. And now that, you know, that's all over, kids are getting a little older. You know what I mean? I think we can start kind of start moving and doing our own little thing. And uh, so we're gonna try to experience a little bit more. How old are the kids now, Josh? Whew, four, two, and nine months. I'm saying they're getting older. They are getting older, cause that's, well, my son's getting two now. My my oldest is good, uh, but then that two year old, he had to get over that, not a baby no more phase. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of getting out of that. And now he's kind of be able to do things and talk and communicate back and forth. So it's kind of making it a little easier. And then my daughter, she's just a little princess. Do you ever sleep? I sleep good. You do? Yeah. I sleep real good. I de- you know, it depends. Like, I, initially, I, I go to sleep. We try to get our kids to bed as soon as possible. Uh, our daughter goes down around, like, 8, 8.30. But she'll tend to fight it sometimes. Uh, my, oldest, my oldest goes to sleep whenever he goes to sleep. And then my like my, my middle son, he typically goes to sleep, you know, probably around not eight o'clock. Eight o'clock he starts to really you can tell, you know, you got kids you can just tell in their eyes and you're like, Yes, let's go play outside for a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get him a little bit more tired. So I sleep, you know, I try to try to put him to bed a little early, spend some time with my wife, you know, let her go to sleep and then watch some film, wake up, you know, and then Start my day again. It's a good time to do that. House is quiet. You can turn on the film and, and get going. Josh Allen, Jaguars outside linebacker with us. To that point, let's talk a little ball now. Another year, mm-hmm. another defense. Mm-hmm. Well, how different is Mike Caldwell's scheme 
and what does it do for a guy like you? Oh, man. I, his scheme is just so – it's so different in so many different ways, if that make – I don't know that was a little much. Well, we need to, you to explain so, that, but yes. So, um, <laughs> the way I feel like this defense is, is, is built upon and the way he's teaching it to us, it's real professional. You know what I mean? It's real – Okay, this is a call. Yeah, it's, we're going to get a lot of stuff done, but study the film. Study how we run it. Know what you need to do. Execute it. But he's also teaching it us in a way of as football players, not just, you know, we don't just get a play, write it down, we'll walk through it. As he's telling us the reason why we call this play in the situation that we would call this play. And so he's getting, bringing us more situational awareness. And plus, he played the game, so now he can speak to True. us in a way of, okay, like the little things, like, you know, one of our outside backers, like if I'm drifting, you know what I'm saying? Hey, we don't need to drift because if you drift now, we got this in-breaking route right here. So when you get to your point, set right here, and now you play off of that. So just having that awareness now, especially for me, I'm year four now, and so I kind of can pick up on things a little, a lot easier. Uh, so for me, you know, I think it's it's real beneficial because that's where, you know, I want to improve my game on is just in-play skills, you know what I'm saying, or t taking it to the next level. And I feel like just with him and the other coaches around, I feel like we all are taking our game to the next level, and that's what I'm really excited about. Josh Allen with us, Jaguars outside linebacker, rushing the quarterback is priority number one. We get that. But you mentioned, you know, stepping back in coverage a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know you did some of that back in your college mm -hmm. days. You did a little bit of that last year, too, obviously, with an mm -hmm. interception last season. But is it natural? Is it something you have to work on, your coverage skills? Or is that even is that just down the list of priorities for you? I mean, you know, an athlete is always going to be an athlete. I feel like even when you get a lot older and you play sports and you were a good athlete, I feel like that never leaves your body. So, like, you know, heck, seeing Trayvon. You know what I'm saying? Dropping coverage and move yeah. the way he does. You know, and he never – I don't think he rarely dropped as well as much as or as the drops that we're doing here and the transition that he's making. I feel like an athlete is always going to be an athlete. So – and I can say – and I believe I'm a really good athlete and I can do a lot of different things. And that's what I love about this defense because I, I can be interchangeable. You know what I'm saying? If you think you have to just prioritize me on one thing, rushing a passer – oh, I might drop, so now that might open it up for other people. And that's where I want to get Trayvon on so he can have that similar threat. So it's like you don't know where we're coming from. We could be both dropping, rushing, you know what I'm saying? So um, that's where – and that's where the next level comes from. You know what I'm saying? Now you got to know the play, and now you can read formations, and now you can adjust from what you want to do out those formations to mess with the disguises of, you know, the foot with the offenses. But, you know, for me, I feel like I'm there to a certain extent trying to get everybody else around me involved in more of that, but we have to learn the plays and you know so we have to learn it quick. Josh Allen is with us. Trayvon Walker, first impressions of him. It, at least from me, it feels like he's just a straight pro. Like he's here to work and get you know, it done. He's not a big flashy media type. That's not his know. personality, at least uh, the first impressions I get. What is what is he like in the room? Uh he's a sponge. You know what I'm saying? He was exactly the way I was. You know what I'm saying? When I came into the league and um you know, he wants to. He wants. To, he wants to achieve what he wants to achieve. You know, what I'm saying he has his goals, and what he wants to do this year, 
and he's going to do everything he can to achieve those goals and for himself and for this team. Because I told him, like, we win by our best players being great at all, like, at all times. So, you know, we drafted you here. And this is a standard that, you know what I'm saying, that we set for each other. You know what I'm saying? Not what the outside world or what, you know, you're a number one pick, you got all this hype, you're supposed to be this, this, this. Don't worry about that. Worry about the standard that we give each other and, you know, what what we expect from you. And worry about that. Worry about yourself. And worry about just coming here and do what you need to do. But for that, man, he's going to be he's going to be a heck of a player. And I feel like, you know, as soon as, like I said, man, this defense is, defense can be, com- this defense can be complicated. But I feel like, you know, when we take that next step and we understand this complicated defense, we can really, we can really do some crazy things with the defense that we can, that, that we have never seen in a long time in Jacksonville. And that's what I'm really excited about. And that's what I'm really excited about that man, because he can do the same things that I can do. Just has longer arms. <laughs> And he's about 10, 15 pounds bigger than me. You know what I'm he saying? He gets off the bus. It's like, wait, okay, now yeah, you see why. That's Trayvon Walker. That's right. And uh, he's a humble guy also. You know, he's an old soul. He's an uncle. You know, he just has that uncle vibe. He's just kicking it and cooling it. And, you know, he's just a person you want to be around. That's how that's how old group. I got a shout-out to my the old the whole group. group's like that. The huh? whole group, man. We all vibe. We all kick it. We all want to be. And we all want to We all want to hold each other accountable. You know what I'm saying? That's our goal. And, you know, not only for our group, but we have instead of well, – I know I'm probably going a little extra, but, you know, for our group, you know, we want to set the standard. You know what I'm saying? And for – but for us to set that standard for all, we have to set it for ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And then people see how hard we work, see how hard we communicate, see how hard we fight for each other. Now that now another group might take that. Okay, now we need to get that. But we're all going to get this collectively because we're all one unit. But for right now, you have to control yourself. You know what I'm saying? Then you have to control your unit, and then you can control the unit as one. So I feel like we're doing a good job at that on this uh, OTAs period, and when training camp comes, we're going to ramp that up a little bit. Josh Allen with us. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL and Jaguars.com. J.P. Shadrick with the Jaguars outside linebacker, Josh Allen. All right, so there were some comments, I think, last week that uh, were attributed to you after one of the practices. You talked about, you know, you, you had kind of lost – I, I forget the exact words, but you had lost your focus, maybe some intensity the last year or so. That was the feeling, I think, of the article. Um, the numbers had been down a little bit. You were trying to regain that focus in the off season. Is that close to? Is that accurate? And and do you think you found the right track to get back to your rookie form? Let's say. Man, I think you know, just. And why did you? you know, why do you think you lost some of that? Over the last year or two, or did you? Okay, I mean, everything that went on. Yeah, Got you it. know what I'm saying. I don't want to really make no excuses, but yeah. as much stuff that went wrong last year, man, I feel like we can also gain from that. You know what I'm saying? Like your failures. You know, you fail so many times. You keep working at it; they're gonna become your successes and your, you know, things that you could take from from that in life. So, you know, I learned a lot from that year. I learned a lot from last year. And that carried me on to working as hard as I can and experiencing different things this all season and doing different things and being around certain different people. You know what I mean? I feel like that kind of, you know, pushed me to, to really, to really get to where I need to be as a professional and just as a teammate from for for not just for myself but for all. And uh, 
you know, for me, man, I just have to, you know, for me, you know, what gets me going is to stay committed. You know what I mean? Like, have a goal, stay committed to that goal, and hold yourself. Like, I got to hold myself accountable. You know what I'm saying? If I tell myself that I'm a, you know, I want, I want to be great. You know what I'm saying? I want to achieve what I want to achieve this year. I have to do literally every single thing. You know what I'm saying? That I need to do. You know, and that takes, that takes hard work every day. You know what I'm saying? But that's a commitment that I made for myself, and that's a commitment I'm a, you know, give to my teammates, and hopefully they they can carry that with them as well. Final couple of minutes with you, Josh. Uh, thanks for the time today. We appreciate this. Uh, so. <laughs> You went to the Von Miller Pass Rush Academy camp thing mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago out in Las Vegas. Take us through that weekend. Uh, was that your first time to go to it? And and what do you get out of it as a pass rusher? And, and take us through Vegas. Man, that was a great experience. Uh, that was my first time, you know, at the at the summit. And that was my first time in Vegas. So it was two things I had to get adjusted to. <laughs> 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 but... Um, just the camp, man. The camp was just—it was so awesome for me because, like I said, I'm at that stage where I'm—I'm I'm trying to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? And I—and I think I have a—I think I'm on the right path. And so being out there to hear everything that I heard was on the right track to where I want to be. And and so it was great to to get more knowledge and to to really, you know, evaluate my game and to really dissect my game, feel, like feel study myself. And see what type of player I really am, you know what I'm saying? And then chase after that and then grow after that, you know what I'm saying? So they really, like as much stuff that they were teaching me about what they did and how they had successes, I had to figure out how can I take this and adapt it to myself and my scheme and my defense. Uh, And so that was the part that I really, you know, went down there for. And plus, how did they, you know, how how did they take care of their body? You know what I'm saying? Like, how did they, how did they play at an all-time level every week? You know what I'm saying? And um, and just being around guys like that. You know what I'm saying? Like holding yourself to a higher standard, having those guys hold myself to a higher standard. That was the craziest thing because they're seeing greatness in me that I know I see, but I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. But they can see it. So that's so that was a really humbling and uh, humbling and cool experience that I had to, you know could take with me and plus i could take a lot of stuff back that i got from there and i could bring it back here bring it back in this room and and so far you know the little things you know what i'm saying the work the work ethic you know what i'm saying that that like that we have is is phenomenal <coughs> and if we be able to keep this up like i said we have to be committed can't be interested you got to be committed to really want to achieve everything you want to achieve and that's how you get you know what i'm saying what you want and Trayvon gonna break my record. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The rookie well, record. He's huh? breaking my record. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, Trayvon, but I had to let people know. You know, they they kept trying. They keep sleeping on him about being this. You're right. No pass rusher. No whatever. You guys read all that stuff. Yeah, right? that dude. You know, I read it. You know what I'm saying? Cause I, that that that's my partner. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, he's he's going out there. And he's gonna he's gonna affect the game in many different ways, and I'm excited to see that. What's your off season plans? What do you got coming up the next few weeks, Josh? Man, uh, you know, obviously I'm gonna be working out. Um, I got a trip to London. Oh yeah, nice. Next week. Very nice. Next week, big uh, promotional tour. That's right. Yeah, I about super that. excited about that. Uh, my wife and I get to go out there and 
you know, experience London together and really just enjoy, you know, the beautiful city of London. You never really get to do that when you're playing there because exactly. it's in and out, you're playing. Exactly. So, good. So yeah, I'm excited about that. It'll be fun. Hey, uh, Josh, always good to see you. Appreciate Likewise. the time, man. Likewise. That's Josh Allen, Jaguars outside linebacker. We're back in a moment. Jeff Lagerman rejoins us after this. Jeff. It's Jaguars happy hour on the Jaguars digital network. The station that the Jaguars listen to, 1010XL. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's not what I need them to do. We're going to let them do what they do best. We'll kind of mold the defense and mold the scheme around what our players can do. And we're in the process of doing that. And that's one of the things that have a great coaching staff and their teachers. So they're able to teach what we want to get done. And again, that's the molded part of it. That is Mike Caldwell earlier today at the bank. The Jaguars defensive coordinator. Welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Logman. Our thanks to Josh Allen for jumping on with us. He's the best. He's so good. Yeah, he's, uh, first of all, he's one of my favorite players ever just because he's uh, he's a great guy. And he's a good football player, and, and I hope he has a great year. You know, a healthy year because if he has a healthy year, he will have a great year. They've put a lot of pieces around him to, uh, that in theory – could well, open some things up for see, him, not, or do you I, buy that? Well, I'm, I'm not a big fan of saying that the, they put pieces around him. Okay. Okay, because that well, means he's about that the only one left yeah, I mean, around he, here. Well, he's not the centerpiece. I mean, he's one of the pieces. I, I, I think sometimes people – look, if look, if he's not Aaron Donald. If you were saying okay. Aaron Donald, they put pieces <laughs> right. around Aaron Donald, that's a little different. Different. Josh still has to, uh, to earn the right to say, hey, they're putting pieces around him. I think he's a fantastic football player. He's a great athlete, and I think with some of the – things that he can do. He's going to give Mike Caldwell a lot of options. And it was interesting today listening to Mike talk. First of all, I think he's a great leader. And and I think that Doug Peterson saw something in Mike Caldwell a long time ago. But just from me sitting back watching and having been around a lot of great leaders in the past in my, in my career broadcasting and as a player, I think Mike's got a little something special to him. And that he's got a real calm, confident demeanor. Uh, the way he talks, it's very clear and concise, and there's no it, different way to interpret what he says. And he was asked the question today about what will the personality of your defense be. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what he said? We'll see. Yeah, they're and, not there yet because that's that's what you that's that's real. You can't sit there and you can say, "Hey, look, we're going to operate on some of the fundamentals. We're going to be hardworking. We're going to play fast. We're going to do this. We're going to do that." But to answer that involved of a question about what the personality of your defense is going to be, that's to be determined. You know, the guys that are playing are going to – they're going to make that decision. Well, you, can, so, you can say all you want, oh, we want to be tough against tough, the run and, and sack the quarterback yeah. and take the ball away at all. That's great, but if you don't do those things – Well, and there's different personalities yeah. that can accomplish the same end result. So I, right. I, th- I thought that that was – it was very interesting to, to hear him speak very honestly – but in reality, that's what the players need to hear because it's not about, well, we're just going to magically and we're going to be this, okay? No, it's what you earn. And he used that term a lot about guys earning roles and earning the right. And, and that's impressive to me because that's the way it is. That's the reality of professional football. 
and you're not saying, oh, well, we're going to you know, do this, this, and this guy is going to be this. Well, wait a minute. All the roles and, and the playtime, it's to be determined. It's what you earn. And I think he does a great job. And I think Doug Peterson does a great job with the messaging to their team and making sure that they are very aware that things need to be earned. There was a lot of conversation today also about the green dot, which is on the back of the helmet. It signifies who has the coach-to-player communication device in their helmet. Well, there's a few different guys they feel like can do that. And it may not be just one guy with the different packages they might have in mind. They could rotate it uh, depending on the play, depending on the situation. You know, in, in theory, ideally, and he said this today, Mike Caldwell did, you, you'd love to have a three-down linebacker who's out there. He's your guy. Paul Pazlesny, right? That's sure. your guy. In reality, Oluokon is probably the likeliest candidate right now okay. because he also talked extensively about him a little bit and about some of the traits that he had heard that he had. And then when he digested the film on him, he said you could see the tangible skills that he had, and he felt very strongly about putting him in front of the huddle. Okay, okay the guy you want to put in front of the huddle yeah. is going to be one wearing a green dot. So if Foye Aluakon is going to be a three-down linebacker, good chance he's going to have that green dot. Muma has been talked about in the post-draft process as uh, the, the ability to do that at some point. Rookie, though. Uh, same with Devin Lloyd. So you might have to work through some things there. I, but That's a lot to ask of a rookie. That's what he said today, too. A lot to ask of a rookie. I, I just remember going back to my rookie year when I was playing an outside linebacker in a 3-4 because that's what I came into the league playing, my head was spinning. <laughs> uh, coverages, rushing, adjustments, and it was a lot to take in. Not that it was hard. I, I, I like to kind of be nice, and I want to say that I didn't exactly have a great coach. I can tell you that. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, there's a story to that. But anyway, head is spinning, and I, don't, I wouldn't have felt confident wearing a green dot my rookie year. No way. No, I mean, it's just it's so much. I mean, yeah. it's a different game. The, the calls, the language is different. Yeah. And then the speed and the changing of the game, uh, that's a lot. That's a, that's too much to ask of a rookie. Now, look, there's guys that I'm sure that can handle it. I can tell you the one thing, though, that I was not one that could have handled it. Enjoyed talking to, to, to Shea Townsend today as well. Longtime Steeler, of course. Uh, yeah. Alabama guy. Yeah, good player. Helps, But uh, he's – He's got a good group to work with at cornerback. He's the cornerback coach for the Jaguars, the passing game coordinator on defense as well. So he'll have his hands full, and um, they're working through to, to kind of figure out who are the options at the nickel spot, and uh, that's a position he played. So it's close to his heart. He was a nickel for a long time in the NFL, so he knows what this thing is supposed to look like. Yeah, the, I think his career began in 1998. Pittsburgh Steelers played, I think, 98 through 2005 with Pittsburgh. A good player. Um, uh, he's coaching the cornerbacks, and then you have Cody Grimm coaching the safeties. And Cody Grimm has a Hall of Fame father, Russ Grimm, who was a member of the Washington Redskins, the Hogs. Mm -hmm. And I grew up watching those guys. And his dad was a marvelous player now. I mean, a marvelous football player. And uh, – was talking to him a little bit about that because, you know, I grew up, you know, watching his dad and had great respect for him. In fact, actually played against his dad for a couple years and uh, was a 2010 induction in the Hall of Fame. But Cody Grimm was a, a draft pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was with Tampa last year. So a, a good opportunity and obviously worked with Mike in Tampa. 
but a uh, good opportunity for him here as a safeties coach, and, and I think he's excited. He, he had some glowing things to say about some of the guys that he's going to be working with. And then I had a chance to sit down a little longer with Brinson Buckner today. We, we've had him on our air before. He's great. And that, you want to talk about a conversation. Yeah, right? he's great. It's fantastic. I like his practice get-ups. <laughs> you know, because, you know, c- coaches always have a style. And the style always comes from what you get in the equipment room. Correct. Okay, but Brinson's got – he gets the old knee-high socks going with the big baggy shorts. I mean, he, it's, it's a – yeah, it's a good look. Defensive line coach, if there ever was one. Yeah. Yes. and uh, He's got a lot of personality, and he's, he's, fun, he's fun to talk to. Good football player, too. He was a great football player. Absolutely. When he so. was in Carolina, that they, they had uh, what I thought was the best defensive line in football. For a period of time in Carolina, it was the early two thousands, right? I mean, that was like oh, that's right with the Super Bowl in oh three, right? Oh three season, yeah, I think it was somewhere in that ballpark. They added that the group that they had, yeah. whew, it was a really good group. So we'll hear from a lot of these guys again tomorrow on the official Jaguars podcast network on the Jaguars broadcast weekend review. Ding ding, how about that? Um, so Can we get a little ching ching. Yes, it's on Jaguars.com there on the podcast link at the top of the home. Just search JP Shadow. No, 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 just search Jaguars search fans. Weekend Here's review. a great way to pay with pride. Um, and wherever that's going to be uh, coming up tomorrow in the <laughs> afternoon. All right. So uh, it was a good visit with a lot of those guys today. Yeah. We've got business to attend to when we come back. If you're watching us on Jaguars.com, you'll take a live look at the construction outside. There's metal going up. We're going to go around the National Football mm, League as and, well. Uh, we're going to talk about Kazoo. Remember from the Flintstones? And when around the league, there's a story that involves Kazoo oh, from the Flintstones. I can't wait Did for this. Did you watch the Flintstones? Were you born yet? I remember the vitamins. Remember those? <laughs> yeah. I was the cartoon. Did I, know you ever the, watch? I know it's a cartoon. Did yes, you watch I've it? seen it. Yes. Okay. Barney Rubble and all those guys. Right. All right. Just making sure. Because I mean, you know, JP, you're kind of young enough. You might know the Pink Bar or the uh, the Barney. The other Barney. The other Barney. No, I'm not that young. Okay. No, no. We're back in a moment. It is uh, Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Mike Dempsey and Fat Tony. Jaguars today. All Jaguars. All NFL. All the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. Jaguars Happy Hour continues on a Thursday afternoon. If you're watching on Jaguars.com or Jags social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, it's a live look at the Football Performance Center. Walls have gone up. There's now metal going up as well. Some yeah, steel, I saw that when I was walking in. Yeah, multiple story yeah. steel construction and then also a big overhang which looks like it's going to be an overhanging roof on the front of the building there. I like it. So yeah. they're moving along they're and just moments ago, a media advisory that the Jaguars will announce the naming rights partner for the Sports Performance Center coming up on Monday a little after 1 o'clock. The team did not announce what the naming rights partner is or who it is yet hmm. but we'll find out monday so check that out you know don't you i don't know what you're talking about you know i don't know what you're talking about i think you're going to be there to help make the announcement i am going to be there to help make the so announcement. you know i don't know what you you're could tell about. everybody right now. i just work here man mm. i just work here 
Well, people come to the show to get information, JP. Give it to them. Well, I've just told them there's a thing on Monday. You can come back. It's called Teasing Ahead. Oh. You can probably watch it on Jaguar social media. Well, I'd rather have that information released you know, on our show right here. That'd be better for us, right? Well, it's good for you. No, it'd be but better be, for our ratings. Well, at some point, we'll have uh, the live announcement on our, <laughs> on our air another show, but not tonight. Chicken. What are, you, what are you trying to announce something? You just call me a chicken? So you said? Wow, we're name calling now. Let's go around the National Football League, shall we? Well, the Rams keep spending money. Wow. I don't know if they have like a, a, a Swiss bank account. Like, what? How do you get all this money? I don't know, but they found it, didn't they? Earlier uh, this was... week, Aaron Donald gets uh, a $95 million restructure in his contract. Now an average salary of $31.6 million through 2024 for Aaron Donald. It's $40 million more than he was previously scheduled to make. $65 million guaranteed dollars over the next two seasons. I mean, it's crazy money. And it's probably not enough. But here's the reality. He's the best defensive player in football. And that there's not even an argument, I don't think. I mean, you can say, well, T.J. Watt, yeah, but no, no, Aaron Donald affects the game more than anybody in the National Football the last League. last play of the Super Bowl? Like, he's the guy who made the play. If, Everybody if, knew if it was going to be him. If not, Jalen Ramsey would have been the GOAT. Yes. So, Jalen Ramsey ought to donate some of his salary <laughs> for the restructuring of Aaron Donald. I know Jalen, and I don't think that's going to happen. But that's a lot of money, and I can tell you this: the money's available. That's what the league is pulling in, and there's a they're good for good for Aaron Donald. He's the best player on the defensive side of the ball. He deserves to be paid right up there with some of the best quarterbacks because he's that good. Well, he's getting paid a quarterback salary now. That's for and sure. I and I give him credit because he made a statement said, "I'm going to stand my ground. That you know, I may not play, I may play. We'll see how it goes." Essentially saying that I need to get paid more, and he did. And it takes courage to do that, and good for him. Well, uh, the best receiver in football also is getting paid, arguably the best receiver, Cooper Cup. Three years, $80 million extension for him. It's $75 million of that is guaranteed. It adds to a current deal, and he'll now get paid $110 million over the next five seasons, Cooper Cup with the Rams. Which, which basically makes him underpaid. I mean, it really does. I mean, if you look at some of the top – so let's say he's making $20 million a year, right? That's what it comes out to be average-wise? That's about right. Okay, what did Christian Kirk get? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah. my point being yeah. is that Cooper Cup's the best wide receiver 18, in football yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so $20 million a year, well, that's not too bad for this year. And he said he wasn't trying to reset the market. I understand that. You know, you, you want to get paid, you want to get paid fairly. Okay, Four years down the road, if he's still the best receiver in football, well, then you rip it up and try it again. I they guess, would have right? to. I mean, he would have to pull an Aaron Donald. Yeah, hey, I'm out of here. But good for him for for getting the guaranteed money and uh, kudos to them. And I can tell you this: the Rams are going to be building that football team with mega stars and a bunch of late round draft picks and, and undrafted free agents. They better hit those late round draft picks. That's for sure. They better because I can tell you they don't have any other ones. They don't have any other ones. <laughs> they, they don't have any of the other ones. And uh, this is going to prohibit them from being an, an active participant in free agency. For example, people are talking about getting, uh, you know, the um, uh, they fi- signed Allen Robinson just mm-hmm. recently in free agency. And then there's talk about, well, let's bring OBJ back to L.A. to play another year. 
Well, how, how can you afford that? I mean, they're just moving money down the road, I guess. Well, I, don't, I mean, can. I don't even know how you do that. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Signing if you can, bonuses. I don't know if you could restructure. Anyway, uh, somebody's gonna have to figure it out in I, about five years. I can tell I you that. this: the, they're probably uh, not gonna be the guys that are there now. The Rams are living in the moment. Yes, they are. Les Snead, loving it right now. Well, if right he, now, if he had drafted better in the years <laughs> previous, then maybe they wouldn't be in the position that they're in. Uh, but uh, but it's worked. Congratulations, they, them. They won a Super Bowl. They got a ring. Got uh, a great coach. Offensive lineman Laurent. Duvernay Tardif continues to pause. I think I said that right. I took French for two years. I still didn't get it right. I don't think. Laurent Duvernay Tardif. Yeah, that. He continues to pause his football career for the medical field. Former Chiefs and uh, Jets lineman brings, uh, begins a residency program at a Montreal area hospital next month. He is an unrestricted free agent. He said he's prioritizing medicine. We'll see again in September if there's a fit in the NFL. He was the first player to opt out of the 20 season and helped aid in the fight against COVID-19. He never played for the Chiefs again. He was traded to the Jets in November of last season and played eight games with seven starts for the Jets. He's got a doctorate in medicine, a master's degree in surgery from McGill University in Montreal. Yeah, he's a good football player too now. But uh, he, he feels like he's got a higher calling, and good for him. <laughs> good for him. Great. Uh, let, me, let me see here. Do I want to be a doctor <laughs> or do I want to be an NFL player? Hmm. You could probably maybe do a little of both. Well, uh, I mean, that's I – mean, yeah. which one pays more? <laughs> that's well, right. let's see. The NFL pays a little bit more right yeah. now. Okay, but if I keep playing that, will my brain operate better and at a good level in the next few years to be a doctor? <laughs> let's finish with this. The Speaking trade-off. of, uh, teams are starting to ramp up off-season workouts. Uh, of course, the, the mini camps are next week. The Jaguars only have a few participating, but many players will be – wearing an extra piece of head protection for the first time, uh, requiring the use next week of guardian caps. Take us through what a guardian cap is quickly. Well, the first one that I ever saw was Mark Kelso, the Buffalo Bills years ago during their Super Bowl era. He actually wore one on the outside of his helmet, and then there was an offensive lineman for the San Francisco 49ers that wore one. This is a padded outside cover that goes on helmets. It helps minimize the contact that the players sustain, uh, and uh, there's a lot of teams that will be having their players wear it throughout training camp and practices during the week so that they can minimize the banging, the impacts of head collisions. And I think it's extremely smart that they're doing it. Some teams actually, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, had them on during mini camps for unpadded practices just in case you had some incidental contact. There you have it, the uh, news of the week in the NFL. That'll do it for our show today. Logs, good to see you. Our last show before the break is next week. That's great. We'll see you then. I'm looking forward Jeff to that. Logman, <laughs> Brent Reaver, Joe Fortunato, I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.